take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couples Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. Before we get into today's episode and welcome today's guest, I just want to read one of our reviews that came in, which is really awesome. Um, Where is it from? It is uh, from the U.S., and it, the title is Best Personal Growth. Mm. And so they say, Ray and Jean's podcast is such a good listen. I always take away something to help in personal growth as well as keeping my marriage in check. None of us have all the answers. Listening to them helps me to take an objective look at myself and my relationship. They're an awesome power couple. Wow, thank you. Thank you very much for that. That was really awesome. We love hearing from people. That's really great. And so on today's episode, we have... Sherry. Sherry. (laughs) Jewel. Jewel. (laughs) Sherry Jewel. And Sherry is a medium, is that correct? Yeah, I'm a psychic medium. Cool. Is there a difference between a psychic and a medium? Yes. What's the difference? So a psychic reads energy, you know, from like your aura, your energy. A medium gets her information from spirit. So basically every medium is a psychic. Not every Mm -hmm. psychic is a medium. And how long have you been doing that? Well, probably about 10 years. So how does one become this? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Hell if I know, no. Um, Did I set out to do this? No. I was a hairdresser, quit working at 30, raised my kids, and then uh, basically had a perfect life destroyed. And I think that spiritual people tend to go through, whether it's grieving, divorce, whatever, you know, there's a catalyst. Mm-hmm. And basically I had a, you know, perfect life, North Shore life, perfect, destroyed. My child was sick. My dad got sick. Um, there was something else. There was a, just a bunch. It was just like one catastrophe after another in mm-hmm. my family. Um, and then it did go through a period of depression, which I never had, and anxiety. Um, and then one day... <laughs> I woke up a medium. (laughs) I think that our soul has a purpose and sometimes we have to go through traumatic events to break, you know, our heart open to get to our soul. Have you ever had anyone look at certain things like your life path or your astrology chart or something that looks at the cycles like numerology that you've been a part of that's shows you that maybe this was always part of your plan? Uh, yeah, well, I have had that all done, um, but from my own experience, like my spirit coming to me and my higher self did show me like many of my past lives that brought me to, you know, doing this now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why when I woke up a medium, I didn't go through training. I didn't go through school. It was just like a natural thing to me because I think we have that knowledge from the past. Um, I definitely feel it is a soul's mission thing and I was just the last one to know. <laughs> so... So when you say that you woke up a medium, was that you woke up and then all of a sudden, you know, spirit was talking to you? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, what happened was, is I remember this actually, what I really remember vividly is I was calling a psychic because I was, you know, wondering what the hell is, you know, going to happen in my life and with everything going on. And she goes, Archangel Michael's with you. And in my head, I'm like, lady, you're crazy. Angels aren't real. I mean, I'm Catholic, but I never went to church or I did a Christmas. Um, Angels to me were just like a statue. I never thought that that could be real. It was just not on my radar. I wasn't spiritual. And this lady goes to me, uh, she's reading me. She goes, Archangel Michael's with you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, lady, you're nuts. Honest to God, I'm not lying. Some, I felt something stand behind me. And I felt every wing like embrace like my whole body like that and like closed around me. Um, and I just felt this like unconditional love and bliss. And like this love you feel in your heart is like something you can't even explain as a human. 
So my response, I do swear, I'm a swearing medium, <laughs> was like, I go to the lady, I'm like, oh shit. I just, she's like, what? I'm like, I was just hugged by an angel. She's like, lady, I told you. I said, well, I didn't think it was real. So then Archangel Michael definitely became part of my journey and still is. Wow. He's come to me quite a few times and it really kind of blows my mind. So when you had that experience, it didn't feel scary or like weird or what the heck is this? And well, it's you, weird. Yeah. <laughs> But it was peaceful and loving, and yeah. and you knew it. It was familiar. Yeah, that's weird. Is it's like it's just a feeling that you can't explain as a human. So I guess once we're dead, well, it'll be that kind of feeling of divine love. Mm-hmm. It's like a it like pierces your heart, and this energy goes through you where you just know you were like touched by the divine in your heart. But then your, my entire body became really peaceful too, and it's, you can't explain it. I mean, do you do you know maybe why? it happened to you like is, is there kind of like this um was there a bigger plan well apparently there was again like i said i was the last one to know <laughs> so um I, i'm a big automatic writer too so what started happening to me is the angel started taking over my hands and writing messages to people and i'm sitting there like you know typing and i'm trying not to hit enter like i want to see who's going to win it's my body <laughs> i lost every time um so they started doing that and then um I started like falling into these trances naturally, I guess would be like meditation, but I wasn't intentionally doing it. And like I said, they had me write down a few of my past lives. This is pretty funny. The one of them was, they told me I was a Hindu prophet in the 1800s and I was captured and killed for talking truth. Hmm. And they basically told me the reason I chose to come back this lifetime was not to be shut up. (laughs) And I was told in those words, I'm like, I don't know all this stuff, but it just comes. So yeah, it's just, I think your soul knowledge comes out. Do you have a sense of being a separate entity from spirit and spirit working through you? Or does it just sort of come as a knowingness? So like when I do like a mediumship gallery event or, you know, or even individual readings, I think uh, part of why I do well is I let spirit like blend with me. So let's say you have a grandfather that's dead and he had a leg cut off. They will give me that message in my body like I feel it. And all of a sudden I start acting like them and I'll start limping. Um, it doesn't happen with every spirit, but a lot of spirits do tend to take over. And like if they died of a heart attack, I, my heart hurts. So, mm. you know, that's an empath thing too. So I think that I just allow them to come close because I'm not afraid. Can you disallow? Yeah, I've tried that. It doesn't always work. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tend to always win. But yeah, as a medium or a psychic or whatever, you definitely should have boundaries. Um, but my problem is it just still seems to come. <laughs> I, I have a battle with that sometimes. <laughs> Ray, does the feeling that she was describing of that love, is that what you experienced in your near-death experience? Yeah. You know, I, I spoke about this in a previous podcast um, about my near-death experience and it, it that feeling of freedom, ultimate freedom and love and peace and just this can explain it pure yeah it, it's really words can't really explain that feeling it's just so much love i mean it's right right, right. or like a bliss mm-hmm. or uh yeah it's strange do people who've crossed over have pain um i feel they're fine when they cross over i think they worry about us mm. you know they want us to be okay so if someone's lost someone to like suicide that person is out of their pain. Yes, I, I believe so. Um, I actually, I don't know why, but I tend to do a lot of um, dead teenagers. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of, uh, especially boys, a lot of boy teenagers come to me that, you know, it could be a drug overdose, especially with all this fentanyl or whatever that stuff's called, mm-hmm. or suicides. And they usually do come back with regrets and apologies. And it's more to, again, I think they do see what their death, what kind of pain it caused their parents or family, their loved ones. So I think they're fine, but I do think that they do have a need to come through to their loved ones to say, Hey, I'm okay. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. You know, so more for closure, but they're not necessarily in pain. They're just concerned. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I believe that, you know, we're, you know, until we're all dead, how do we know what really the truth is? Right. 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 But I hundred percent believe that we all just cross over and we're all good. You know, what's that question about? Are we still in a relationship? Yeah, you know, this is um, 
you know, when you go in, in Google autofill, mm-hmm. right? So if you go and you do Google autofill about like, um, our couples, our couples still a relationship or still have a relationship after they die. Are they still a couple or are they yeah. still a couple that, that actually is a very interesting question. And, you know, I don't know if you, I mean, I've had, when I do, all I can do is, you know, I, my truth is I'm kind of a rebel. <laughs> so my truth is what my experiences are. I don't believe everything I read. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we probably all have a choice if we want to hang out with that person. But I know when I do readings, let's say if your mom or dad came through, they're going to come in together because that's what you expect. No. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. like people say like spirit can come to me and show me them their image because I see clairvoyantly could show me themselves like what they look like as the 80 year old mom that died or they could choose to make it look like a 30 year old. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, at least for readings, I feel they come in together and showing you they're together because that's what you expect and that's what mm-hmm. you know. And that's what you would know them as, as evidence. But they don't necessarily exist like that. Well, they could in spirit world. But they, they could, can. right? I mean, how do wow. I guess that's a? I think that would be an individual, yeah, mm-hmm. choice. Because then you know, I, I always question that too. Because then we have past lives. Mm. Do you want to be with a past life lover? I don't know, <laughs> right? So it's kind of I think and I like think my it's dad died twenty years ago. My mom's remarried. Huh. <laughs> that, that that is actually one thing I've questioned. I'm like, no, wait a minute. What if someone got divorced? They're going to go with their first wife or their second. Right. You know, or do they just all get along and coexist? Right. If everything's love right. and non-judgment over there. Have you read Journey of Souls by Michael Newton? I did years ago. And so there's some interesting things that he says that we build in five exit points in our life. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I've heard that and I've seen that with some people. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, I have a friend. Well, he was a client, became my friend. His son died. Uh, Actually, I'll introduce you to him. Uh, but his son died about four years ago. And if you looked at that kid's life, I mean, like, he fell down like mines, like, you know, holes in the ground. Like an actual mine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, he's flipped cars and stuff, and he finally did die. Um, but I do feel he had many exit points, and he had angels come to him, and he chose to live. So 100%, I do believe that we have exit points. I can't tell you we have five. I can't tell you the number, but mm-hmm. I think there's definitely in the realm of possibilities mm-hmm. that if you want to check out, you can. The other thing he talks about is uh, that we're not 100% here, whatever is our soul, right? Mm -hmm. And that maybe is the thing that you're talking about when someone shows up, they show up as that part of who they were when they were here, but uh, more parts of them might be busy somewhere else. Yeah, true. And um, to me, like, I, you know, we're all a spirit, you know, living in our human body. I think our, I, well, I know for at least my, for myself and I'm sure everybody else, but I believe that our spirit, like I've had friends call me in California. They're like, and this is when I'm awake, not asleep. They're like, Sherry, you're in California. I'm like, I know I'm in Chicago. <laughs> they're like, no, we're all mediums here. And they're like, Sherry's here. So I do believe our spirit can go visit other places, other people. I do believe that when we're sleeping, our spirit's out doing things. And um, I kind of believe too, like, you know, people with dementia, you know how like sometimes they're here, sometimes they're not. I actually think they're kind of spending half the time in the spirit world half here. Oh, okay. so that's, I've yeah. had that thought. Yeah. Like they're, they're getting in, ready to transition. Like mm-hmm. they're almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, anything's possible. Um, I just like to keep an open mind. Um, like I said, until we're really dead, who knows the truth, but. And before you had this, would you call it a gift? Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely ability? feel, yeah, it's an ability. And I believe that we're all psychics and I think we're all mediums. I'm not saying we all should have to work. <laughs> doing it but i believe we're all intuitive i think it's all part of our spirit our you know that's who we are um what was your question <laughs> so <laughs> was there sort of a line in your life when you weren't and then you were and how did that who were you then and how did that change who you are now oh like my life it's completely different <laughs> so basically i was just a mom you know because i was a hairdresser until i was 30 then i was just a house mom you know housewife raising my kids not spiritual at all. And I just, once this happens to you, and I'm sure you know because you've had a near-death experience, everything's different. Like your thought perception is different. The way you look at life is different. The way you look at problems and everyday things. I think you learn to just roll with things more. And I live in synchronicity. Hence, look why I'm sitting here. Right. Okay. Um, I don't because apparently you can meet people on Facebook and invite them down to your basement. Can you believe this? <laughs> and you guys, you got to see their basement. You guys got to post a picture of this place. It's cool. But... um. 
yeah, it's uh, it's life changing. I think once you any kind of divine experience you have or connection you make, there's like I always say, there's no way to going back to normal. So to me, this is normal now. You know. It, yeah, you know, one of the the most important things I learned in going through that experience is that at the at the end, you know, at the hour of our death, there the only thing that really matters are the relationships that we have, yes. the relationships we built with people. Right. And so that's why I, I find this topic very, you know, fascinating and interesting just because, you know, I went up to the threshold of the door. The door was opened. I didn't cross over that threshold. You actually saw it? It, you know, a figurative door. Yeah. Right. But the feeling of that, you know, of coming up to that door and the door being open and having that choice. And I didn't, I chose not to cross over that threshold. But, you know, what happens, you know, when you do cross over into that threshold? And then why would people want to try to communicate, you know, to people that are still here through you? Right. right? And I think that, um, I think that really the main reason spirit comes, you know, to a medium is to help their loved one, to show that, hey, life is eternal. I mean, like I physically, people be like, how do you know you really talk to dead people? I'm like, I feel it in my body. <laughs> they take over. Like, I'll start talking like them. So I think that's where the mediumship is. You know, some people, like, look at it as, oh, it's just hocus pocus or hoo-hoo. But it's really just another method of healing. Because some people really grieve. Imagine losing a child mm-hmm. or a spouse yeah. or whatever. Um, if, the, if a medium is good and they can really bring that personality and even, you know, the words, the personality, the mannerisms, all through to their loved one, the healing that goes to the grieving person is just amazing. So, and I think that's another part of a medium's job is to prove that life is eternal. We're not alone. You know, they come. I mean, if I've had spirit put their hands on me, I feel all their fingers. You know, I've been hugged. And that's why they come through because they love their loved one. They want to be like, hey, we're still here. You know, it's okay. I have a client I've been working with and she had a 35-year-old son pass away in a car accident on July 4th. And then within... two months three months her husband passed and she has gone to mediums and she feels her son all the time her son comes through all the time but not her husband does that make any sense to you and what do you think about that that she has more than need for her son and the son has more of a need for her i mean the loss of a child and i'm sure the son is with the father but the dad says that he says he's there but so but the dad just steps back because spirit i mean like, even when I say something to a client, like in a reading, and they're like, no, no, no. I'm like, listen, I don't believe you. I believe the spirit. <laughs> they know what the human needs. They know what their loved one needs. So dad's probably just standing back because he knows. Do you think there's something to do with uh, their ability to control their spirit, to try to communicate? Is that a factor at all? Who's trying to control it? The The spirit on the other side. Like, they're not able to quite... Uh, overtake you or whatever is the thing they do that they don't have enough uh, mastery of controlling their energy to to try to communicate do I believe some spirits can communicate better than another Mm -hmm. 100% yeah Uh, because you know I mean I do a lot of readings and sometimes it is more vague and just little things other times it's like yeah Joe's here and he worked at the auto body shop so definitely I feel there's a different energy with some spirits and I Mm -hmm. definitely think some can communicate better than others and maybe some don't even want to yeah you know, if they didn't like you here, they might not like you there. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, I'm done. Didn't have to get divorced. I'm out. You know. <laughs> now, here's a question I have, and that's about negative spirits. You know, what are your thoughts about that? Does it exist? And if so... People then, say yes. Yeah. I've never had a bad experience. Okay. Um, so I can only speak from my own journey. Um, I don't use protection. I don't do all these things that everyone says to do. Uh, my experience is, I'm sure there are negative energies and entities, sure. Um, but I don't, my mind, I, I think that we can create that. So I don't even right, like think it's of Right, like a law of attraction. I mean, if I was afraid or fearful, I would not be doing this. Uh, one time, I did have one thing that was kind of weird. It was a dead person, but he got in bed with me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I'm like laying there, like going to sleep. I'm on my side. And I honest to God felt this body, like a human I knew it was a man. It felt like a human man's body, like spooning me, like laying next to me. And I'm like, well, you guys can't see me on the radio, but like my eyes, I'm like, eyes are bulging. And 
in my head, I'm like, oh shit, what do I do? <laughs> you know? and, Just say no. And I'm sitting there like, well, in being a medium, a lot of it's telepathy, right? So I'm thinking, and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy can read my mind. <laughs> so finally, I just knew I had to like stand up and I just jumped up and said, get the, you know, bleep out of here and it's my bed and get out. So I, I really believe that, you know, we set our own boundaries, hmm. but I do think there are people that entertain some things or their fear can bring it. Oh. So I, you know, choose your thoughts carefully. Like my focus was always on angels, God, and the higher vibrations. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going ghost hunting, guess what you're going to get? Right. Oh. You know, but a ghost to me is just spirit also. Mm-hmm. And what would you think about that? You know, the ghost hunters usually are, you know, coming across someone who is in pain or trapped. I don't know if yeah. you have an idea about that. I mean, that's definitely not my expertise. Um, I believe that we all cross over. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the spirit has a choice to hang around or not. You know, um, again, somebody else would totally disagree with me, but again, that's not really my, you know, genre. So, um, so there wouldn't be like a confused spirit that doesn't know how to go through the door, whatever that is. People say that people say they get stuck Mm -hmm. and sure it's possible. Um, I, I just think that maybe the spirit has a choice and decides to hang. You know, if you mm-hmm. liked your bar, he's going to be in your bar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or people will be like, as a medium, you can't go in a bar. I'm like, why not? They're like, you can't have a drink there because you're too open and spirit will attach to you and come home with you. I'm like, why would they want to come home with me? They're going to have more fun in the bar. <laughs> I mean, so I don't really even believe in spirit attachments. Yeah. I mean, sure. Can a spirit follow me around? I have like, especially like before I do an event or a gallery, spirits in my house and around me the day of the event or a couple days before. Um, I hope nobody's staying. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I try my best. I was like, get out. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's just setting your boundaries. And I, it's really, I think, important to have yourself at a higher vibration. And I think that's when you come from love, I think you're naturally more protected and your vibration's high that that stuff can't touch you. Do you ever have the experience where you're, I don't know, in the mall or something and someone walks by you and you're like, ugh. I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> that popped in my head earlier. Have I given a message like in a store? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it's not normal, mm-hmm. um, but we do work for spirit. Um, I'm not going to run around Jewel or the grocery store and be like, oh, I got this person, this person. But I have had it like uh, one time I was in Walgreens and something told me to go to the pharmacy. And I was going in there to buy whatever. I wasn't buying going to the pharmacy. But in my head, I go, go to the pharmacy. I'm like, okay, if there's medicine I can pick up. I'll do it. Standing in line, and all of a sudden I start feeling weird. So, like, when spirit comes to me, I get hyper. Because their energy like makes me like get anxiety almost, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. And then all of a sudden, the lady in front of me just turned her head for some reason and said hi to me. I'm like, hi, <laughs> and ended up she went to preschool with my son, and I recognized her. So we did start talking. Next thing you know, her dead sister came through. Wow. So yeah, spirit can guide you to get you where you're going to be. They'll get you in a conversation, and the next thing you know, you're giving a message. And you, I mean, I guess I have a choice not to, but it really becomes, it's just coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. So I, do I make a normal practice this? No, but it hasn't happened, sure. So what kind of reaction did you get from her? Oh, she loved it. Okay. She was crying. Wow. Because, you know, her and her sister had had some issues and the sister was coming through us saying sorry and I love you. So it, the woman really needed it. Did you ever have a negative experience trying to be open with someone who wasn't maybe ready? He had a family funeral. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Maybe they weren't ready. (laughs) It's relatives that he didn't know. So my dad's, I think it was a brother. uh, Yeah, my dad's brother-in-law had died. And this was only maybe a year or two ago. I'm at the church. I didn't know. They're Lutheran. I don't know the Lutheran religion. I don't know beliefs or whatever. So just afterwards, I just felt my uncle there the whole time. So when I was leaving, I said, hey, just so you know, you know, your dad was here. She looks at me, my own family. But I, like I said, I haven't seen her in 20 years. <laughs> she looks at me, she goes, we don't believe in that. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> so, yes, I guess I in my own family, always tough. you yeah. got to love it. <laughs> yeah, so that can happen. <laughs> you know, this might be a little off topic and might not be something you know anything about. But for whatever reason, in the last year, we've dealt with people that have gone through a lot of traumas. Um, and in particular, um, people that have been in war. And I've noticed this pattern that a lot of their processing happens in the middle of the night when they're sleeping Mm -hmm. and they wake up or they actually are uh, doing things in their sleep. Do you have any knowledge of what's going on there? Oh, I know a lot about that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's how my journey started. (laughs) So 
people think it's all hoo-hoo, but it's actually like, you know, you got your beta, gamma, theta waves in your head. Mm -hmm. So I think when the brain gets in that theta state, that's when we're receiving messages or interacting. And as I said earlier, I think our spirit does a lot of work in our sleep. So my journey actually started with, well, first I got the angel hug and stuff. Next thing you know, I was having like these really vivid, like lucid dreams that like, you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, do you dream in color? I'd be like, I don't know. These are in color. They are 3D. You've had them. They are 3D. You are interacting. And the, the, the main thing is you remember them vividly when you wake up. You don't forget them. Um, I've, I can't even tell you. So like I was showing people in my sleep and then I would meet them in a week or two. So I get like a lot of prophetic dreams and the and messages and teachings and knowledge come through in my sleep. Like they've given me messages like be merciful, be benevolent. I don't know those words. I had to Google them. I'm like, that's not a sherry word. Anyone know, knows me. I don't use like those big, <laughs> you know, old fashioned words. And I'd look them up. What does that mean? I'm like, oh, okay. And I call them like soul words. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like our higher self or soul or whatever spirit, whatever word to me, it's all the same thing. It does communicate and does teach us these things. And I definitely believe 100% that our dead relatives or loved ones in spirit do visit us in our sleep. And that is usually around that three o'clock time. Um, because that's do, when do our brain why? is in because well, our brain's in that theta state. Mm-hmm. We're more receptive at that point. Yeah, it's whatever the yeah the brain you know wave you're in is mm-hmm. in that deep enough state. Like you can meditate into like the theta state. So if they're re-experiencing a trauma or having a night terror or something like that, are they are they processing? Are they? Well, yeah, that can happen too. I think your definitely your fears, your subconscious mind works out a lot of things in your dreams. Mm-hmm. But if you're actually interacting, so that's the difference you got to figure out. Is it a lucid dream where you're actually interacting with spirit or is it just your subconscious trying to work things out? And definitely the fear stuff that sits in your subconscious mind definitely can come up in dreams. And it's almost like it's trying like your brain's way or your subconscious way of trying to heal that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I've heard, I've heard there's a difference between being visited by a loved one in your dreams or dreaming about them. Oh, to- yeah, totally. Um, I think that we sure could dream about our loved ones. Uh, but when, when they visit you, you know, it is like, it's until you've had that experience, mm-hmm. you can't explain it as you've been through stuff. When it happens, you know, it's real. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you feel it in your heart, even though you're asleep, you remember having the conversations or what they say. Like my mom died just last July and on the second or third day she was dead. And a lot of times you'll get the stuff right before you're waking up because you remember it. And I saw my mom smiling. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, good. Thanks, Ma, you're here, you know? So it could be that, that brief, it's just a second. You know, it doesn't have to be a big, huge experience. What about signs? I get all that. Um, well, well, a lot of people think cardinals, butterflies, dragonflies can be signs from spirit. But there's other signs like license plates. Like I've been driving down the street and I'll see a billboard, let's say if I was coming here, right? I might see your name on a billboard. So I think that, but the trick is, so many people, when they first get on this journey, <laughs> think everything is a sign. And I'm always trying to, like, I'm really logical, too. I'm like, guys, if you're meant to see it, like, you know, a lot of people are seeing 111 in the numbers, you're going to randomly pick up your phone and see 111. But if you're thinking of looking for it, that's not a sign. Right. Like, when I first started, I would see, like, karma license plates or write a book license plates. But I wasn't looking at the license plates. It was just something my head naturally went there, like I was guided. And then that license plate or those numbers or whatever would almost be glowing to me mm. like popping out at me right but where i think a lot of people when they like i said get on it they think every bird like i have two cardinals in my yard for years they're not a sign from spirit these birds have been here for 20 years <laughs> and, and also the opposite like if you're there show me the cardinal and the cardinal doesn't show up and then they, that's their yeah. sign is i like, always say too like with the birds and stuff it's more of when you're not looking for it. You're not looking for it. And it's and maybe the animal's doing something weird. Like mm-hmm. at the very beginning, I actually remember this. It just came back to my mind. When, even probably before the angel, one of the first things I had was a possum sitting on top of my fence. I actually have a picture of it. I forgot about this. And this possum is just sitting on this fence looking at me. But it was scary because its eyes were glowing at me. <laughs> so I got both my dogs. And I have a witness. My kid was there, my son. And I got my dogs in. Now, a possum plays dead or runs away. So I'm screaming, this thing's just sitting there, it's not going to sleep, it's not running away, it's just sitting there like staring at me. And its eyes would just follow me and they creep me out, like there was like spirit in this <laughs> thing's eyes. I was scared. And my son was like 12 at the time, so I got my dogs in, I go, get a camera, we're going back out. <laughs> so we go back out there and the possum is still sitting there looking. 
And we're both like, what the heck? And then I just, I don't know why, because I didn't even know I was psychic then. It was just, well, I think I started, I was just starting to have weird experiences. And I looked at the past and I said, okay, dude, thank you. You're flipping me out. You're scaring me. You please get off my fence. You guys, I'm not kidding. It looked at me. It climbed down the fence. I'm like, oh, great. I'm Dr. Doodle now. <laughs> and then I go, hey, wait a minute, possum. I think it was on the other side of the fence. I'm like, come back tomorrow so I know you're really hearing me and this is real. You guys, I completely forgot the next day I go out that darn possum was in the same spot. Wow. So do you think that spirit like working through the animal, like like taking over the animal? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you hear people like having a butterfly land on them in the winter. You know, um, yeah. Did you guys lose a baby? Why is a baby popping in my head? Miscarriage or abortion or anything? Wow. Um, this was with like uh, a a girlfriend that I had had. Yeah, because all of a sudden, like, ago. I feel like there's a baby here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we we had an abortion. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you just need to know the baby's okay. And you're still its father. So when you do crossover, you'll probably meet that baby. Wow. Do you know if it's a girl or a boy? I'm not getting that information right now, no. I just, right away, I just, because I'm a clear audience, all of a sudden I just kept hearing, say baby, say baby. Is this something, okay. Oh, sorry, the baby's talking. Um, Is this something that you still have regrets about or guilt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So sorry to hit you with this. Um, This is how it happens. I can't plan it. Um, so I just feel like this baby's coming in to let you know, I want to say he, okay, but well, you know, you'll find out, <laughs> mm. but, um, I have no way to prove it to you. So, but I feel like the baby's here to like, just, if you could let go of some of this guilt, shame, regrets you have and just give this to this baby right now. And the baby's with like, I feel you have a grandmother that's passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. So the baby's with your family. Wow. And I, I, wow. I do feel it's a he, I keep hearing like, he doesn't want you to feel guilty anymore. So is this something you've really been like, okay, <laughs> right now I'm also feeling like a tightening in your chest. Is this something that has really like, let's say is deep down in your heart? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to release that now. Okay. It's time to live and be happy and not have those regrets. And the baby doesn't blame you for something. So you must think that the baby blames you. <laughs> well, that was, uh, that really, really helped. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you need and that's what I, I believe me and this probably just happened to show yes a baby that has not been born animals have souls okay I talked to a lot of dead animals too a miscarriage and abortion they're still souls and they still cross over they didn't have human form but they are still an entity like they're still a being you know you know I think the fact that you brought up his grandma is significant because this his ex-girlfriend uh she called our house after we were married and to tell him that, oh, it's your grandma's birthday or the day she passed or something. Like it was a, the only time she really, we had a conversation with her and it was around your grandma, which oh, wow. is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you are, you know, you definitely have, a, actually, okay, you have a lot of love from the spirit world around you and maybe that's why you're doing some of this and, you know, the near-death experience and, talking to me or having like-minded people on, you know, your show, um, you're here for a reason. That's why you didn't check out. <laughs> I firmly believe that. And you, and you have I, a lot more work that. to do. Absolutely. <laughs> and spirit is using you. You actually channel. I do. Yes, he does. Okay. So you're actually Which is doesn't like not it. <laughs> very comfortable for me. Really. I just let it fly. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I will, that's why this is a very fascinating topic just because I can feel sometimes, you know, a presence and, you know, it's not something that I have just kind of opened myself up to, you it's know, time. As much, that's yeah, why I'm sitting well. here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would totally agree with that. I think that when you're relaxed and natural and you have so much wisdom and then sometimes you try to control it and you're like, Oh, I can't find my words, you know? Right. And well, I it. would love that for you too. If you could just, well, that's it. Like, well, sometimes like, you know, I talk very casually, you can see, so like I said earlier, when I say like a big word like benevolent or something like that, even in my galleries, I'll say some things. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's not me. I don't even know that word. <laughs> you know? So that's when you know you're channeling, you know, or like you might just be talking to me or another guest or mm-hmm. you're out in the store or whatever. And you're probably giving messages to people and you don't even know it. 
Oh, there are many times that we're in session with clients and, you know, a client will say, you know, what was that, that thing that you said last week, you know, just really stuck with me the entire week. It really changed my perspective and, and I won't remember, you know, a lot of times I'll come out of session. I don't remember what I said. Because that's when you know you're channeling. Absolutely. No, I, <laughs> I know that, you know, it's, it's, I'm getting into this, this frequency and it is not me. Right. And I'm, I'm able to just connect with the client at that heart level and be able to help them in their deepest pain. I think what you're in the now moment, that's where the, you know, beautiful, you know, the beauty happens and the miracles happen is in the now. Yeah. So that's pretty cool because that would mean that you're really paying attention to your client and listening and guiding them and giving them what they need. Yeah. You've done it. You're a monk in a past life. A monk? I think so. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever heard that? No. Can you talk about, if you know, um, is is the soul of an aborted child, is that part of their journey and their contract as well? And are, are those, well, you talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, people have different beliefs and seriously, all this stuff I truly believe is just a belief, again, until we're really dead, who knows the truth. Uh, my understanding, you know, a lot of people, spiritual people believe that we've written these contracts like we're all an actor in a play. So you guys picked me to be here in this play and I picked you. And uh, a lot of people do believe that the spirit, when there was a miscarriage or abortion, knew they weren't going to be here. But then I also believe in free will. I, so I like if you of, have an abortion, you're making the free will to abort the baby. That's not, mm-hmm. but then some people say the baby knew that, you know, mm-hmm. yet you think you had the free will and you don't. So it's a really tricky subject because some people believe there's free will, but then they're like, wait a minute, there's not a free will if you had the contract coming in. So I just think that's a belief system on what people believe. I think it's a hybrid. Yeah. I think there are certain things we chose before we came in, and then the rest we chose in the moment. Like those yeah. books you can go, choose your ending. Yeah. <laughs> choose your no. own adventures. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think there are options along the path, I think yeah. is what you mean, where mm-hmm. you do have free will choices that will make you go down path A, like be a lawyer or B, be an accountant. Mm-hmm. And, but then some people would be like, well, you think you have that free will. It's actually, it was preordained before. So how do you know it's true? You know, Mm -hmm. but I think that I just, Lisa, I know spiritual awakening, um, usually comes after trauma. (laughs) Usually when someone gets on this path and the gifts opening up and the, you know, connecting with the divine or whatever you want to call it, the spirit world, whatever, usually it does take a spiritual awakening like you hear like drug addicts hit rock bottom and find God or someone in jail, you know, hits rock bottom and finds God. So if you look at a lot of the public mediums out there or spiritual teachers, they have a past. Like people think like try to put us on this thing like, Oh, you gotta be a holy roller. You gotta be this. You can't smoke. You can't drink. You can't swear. I start galleries. I'm like, I'm a swear. I just, that's who I am as a human. I'm authentic, you know, but to me is if I didn't go through the stuff I went through, or you didn't go through what you did or anybody, how do you gain wisdom or compassion or non-judgment if you didn't screw up yourself, if you didn't go through this, you'd be selfish, you know, or just, you know, you're not even selfish, you just don't care. <laughs> so I really think that why we have these past experiences that are painful is so that we can help other people. It's kind of like an AA, if somebody is an alcoholic, they tell me to get a sponsor, right? I can't help an alcoholic because I've never been through AA. I mean, I can try to help, okay, but... A person that was an alcoholic, went through the program, is going to know how to help the person that they're sponsoring. So I think there is a reason we do go through all these things. I think that's such an important thing. And obviously doing the work we do, people come to us because they're in pain. Yeah. Um, Not really just to grow. There's always some type of pain point that's so motivating. And, you know, I call it fertilizer. (laughs) because what is fertilizer made of right shit and (laughs) and if people could really trust that that kind of rock bottom or painful thing in your life is not a punishment yeah it is it is something it's actually a gift yeah yeah if you live through it i mean i'm telling you i was really depressed i never had depression issues my whole life and so much had happened to me i was really depressed i'm like jesus i want to check out of here but i was a mom so i knew you know and now but now i can actually that time was absolute hell. It's like the dark night of the soul. It just mm-hmm. sucked, okay? Most painful thing. I understand why some people can't get through it, you know? 
Um, I toughed it out. I didn't go to counseling. I think therapy would definitely help a lot of people. But I just, I guess, you, you gain strength by the stuff you go through. And I can actually look back on it now with gratitude because I would not be where I am right now. I wouldn't be talking to you. My gifts wouldn't be open. I wouldn't even know the side of myself or become who I am at the soul level if I didn't go through those things. I think, too, when people use the term spiritual development, I really think spiritual development is consciously choosing to discipline yourself, i.e. put yourself in an uncomfortable position, like having to meditate or having to uh, abstain from certain foods or whatever you're trying to do. You have to create some friction place in order for, you know, if we talk about faults, like the fault of a mountain, that's how you get in, right? you know? And I, I think it's more about that than it is even about... I don't know, doing good deeds or something. Yeah, I, mean, I think we're all just trying to like find our way home, right? So, and I think that the spiritual growth we do in this lifetime is definitely going to benefit us for our next lifetime. <laughs> um, but I think it is. I mean, it's all about human compassion and love. And, you know, we're, none of us are perfect. I don't care if you're the Pope. I mean, <laughs> he's done something, I'm sure, too. <laughs> Sorry, Pope. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, we're all like, you know, have a life. We all have a history. Yeah. And I just think that it's really important on the journey. I think the spiritual journey is about more growth. And I think one of the, you know, the universal laws is like self-accountability and, you know, looking at yourself. And I, I'm a huge, huge believer in like people get stuck in the victim mode. So they're going to sit there and blame, oh, my mom was a drug addict or this happened to me or I was raped or this and that. Yes, that happened to you. I'm sorry. But it's your responsibility to heal. So maybe that thing that happened to you that was negative broke you but maybe it's there to fix you and teach you because you're gonna learn how to heal yourself and then then in turn they can go and help somebody else that had the same issue so we we firmly believe that right in that taking personal responsibility for everything that you go through and you know i call them pivotal moments you know where you, you come across this this experience in your life and you have the opportunity to learn from it mm -hmm. to change to then you know carry that on and, and teach other people that are in your life. Right. And some people choose it and some people don't. And then they keep running into the same lesson over and over and it's over again. It's not going to go away until you no. get it. <laughs> You'll keep hitting brick walls. Right. And again, I think a lot of, um, especially with traumatic events as, as a child, you know, some people just keep hanging on to that stuff. They don't find that way to let it go. Or at least, you know, they talk about forgiveness is huge, you know, but sometimes forgiveness can be as simple as just understanding why the other person did it. I mean, because you're never going to forget. I'm sorry, you're just not. Right. Um, so I think that these things that happen to us are there to use as a point of growth and learning. And I always describe it like this. Like if you're driving down the street and you start texting and you jump up on the sidewalk with your car and you run somebody over and break their leg, whose fault is it? Yeah, 100%, right? Yeah. But the person who's got the broken leg can't say to you, you wear the cast and you go to physical therapy because it's your fault and you're the one who did it. Right. That's not going to help them heal at all. And so we can break each other, mm -hmm. but we can only heal ourselves. And I really think that's a beautiful design because we have control over that healing or lack thereof. And, and I hope it is all true that it's all for us and for a purpose. And it's not just that we're in this random crappy place. <laughs> it's all possible, right? No, I mean, like a lot of people say like, you know, earth is hell, you know, or they call it the spiritual kindergarten. Like mm -hmm. we're all here to learn or, you know, learn karmic lessons or whatever, or do better, you know? Um, and right now in my head, I'm just hearing it's all divinely orchestrated. That's, I'm, you know, channeling that right now. Um, and everything that happens, I'm just channeling now, you guys, everything that happens is perfectly designed for you by you. You know, you chose your lessons, you know, and, you know, I can't tell you myself included and how many people were like, damn, did we really sign up for this? What are we doing? Why <laughs> right. did we, why did I meet you? <laughs> you know? But, you know, like people talk about soulmates, like, oh, they're like, oh, I got to marry my soulmate. Sometimes your soulmate might be the person that's going to give you the hardest lesson. Yeah. You know, sometimes the person, I really believe this, the person that breaks your heart and hurts you worse than anybody else very well could be the soul in the spirit world that loves you the most. And they agreed that. to be the person to hurt you wow. so that your soul would benefit from that and wake up. I always think about like that. If 
if there was like a power outage and you're in the dark and no one's supposed to be in your house and you go in there and you're looking for your candles and you bump into a body and how terrifying that is. That would scare the hell out of me. Right? <laughs> and then they light a match and it's just your neighbor coming to check on you. You're like, oh, thank God. And I think when we're here, we're in that darkness. And when people hurt us and bump into us, it's terrifying. Right. But it's all love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, and I also believe, I don't think there's one way for everybody. Like my journey was very fast and I was like working right away with no training. Because it was just an ability I could do. And I definitely believe that, you know, my soul decided, okay, like, well, it's kind of weird. But one of the dreams I had at the beginning was, and this is when I didn't understand what the hell was happening to me. I loved, I was like, I gotta go to sleep. This is fun. You know, like, <laughs> it really, um, I, this lady all dressed in gold came to me in my sleep and she passed me a crystal ball and she goes, we are now one. So then I woke up and I'm talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, what the hell's happening to me? Because it was all so new. And when, you know, you know, when it's first new. Like you're on cloud nine. You're like, oh, this is so cool. This is happening. I mean, this, you know. Um, and at the time, I'm like, maybe she's a guide or whatever. Now I realize it was my higher self. Oh, so wow. sometimes I think we give power away saying it's a guide, it's this, which we all, I'm sure, have guides and all that. But I don't think we ever give credit to ourselves that our soul is that strong. What is, what is your name on your birth certificate? Sherry. There's not, it's not Sharon. No. I was thinking that because with the letter N, um, they say that if you have N as a predominant letter in your name, you don't really go through an epiphany because everything's kind of already on. Oh, that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. If maybe you were sharing. Yeah, and I remember like people are like you know a lot of you know all my friends now are psychics and mediums and we all read each other. They're like you were always a medium. I'm like why well, did wake up to my 40s? So a big main message for me too is I'm not perfect. Um, I went through hell like everybody else, and if this can happen to me, why can't it happen to you? Right. You know, you don't have to be a churchgoer or be a perfect person. I'd probably say the more people have spiritual awakenings have done bad things or have gone through hell or, or been a victim or whatever, right? But uh, where was I going to tell you about the one dream? I just lost my turn of thought, so you're going to have to edit this out. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> It'll come back. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do you say to people who are like, oh, this is all woo-woo and, you know, when we die, we're done. There's no such thing as afterlife or That's spirits coming. One. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, that happens. Yeah, we find, especially being a medium, uh, you can get some very interesting bar conversations and dinner conversations, right? Um, I find the people that do that are very religious and have been raised very religious and follow that philosophy of whatever their parent raised them as or whatever they choose to be. And I just share, I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you, it's just my experience, my truth. And, you know, I can just hope that it plants a seed. And then maybe like five years down the road, you know, I have a little conversation with them and just say, hey, this is my experience. I feel spirit. I come and see my event or get a reading. And all we can do is hope that we planted that seed and maybe five years down the line that they'll have their aha moment. Because I really think a lot of people don't get into this until they've gone through something hard. I think too, um, I remember as a very small child, like, under the age of eight, I was at church and the priest said, imagine a bird flying all the way to the sun, picking up a grain of sand and flying all the way back. And by the time it did that so many times that the sun was over here, that would just be the beginning of forever. Yeah. And I remember thinking, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I wish that I didn't exist at all because now that I exist, I can't not exist. Right. And, and I think it's, a defensive thing that says no when we die we're dead and there isn't any more and we get to not have to be in this pain anymore well, i keep saying i don't want to come back here again but right <laughs> <laughs> i'm like jesus we're nuts i don't um, want to go through this stuff again right <laughs> but i do believe now it's a real cool time though because i believe so many people like millions of people are spiritual awakening just even mm. look on facebook people are like what the hell's happening to me this is happening this is happening so i do believe that we're here for this wake-up call for mm -hmm. people on earth to come together collectively so that we do raise a vibration of earth. And maybe when we all like say prayers, like I say prayers, like, you know, God, you know, uh, guide our world leaders, you know, Trump and China and I mean, whatever country, you know, so that we have world peace. And that's why I really think that there are a lot of people now, hundreds of thousands that are, or millions waking up to raise the vibration mm -hmm. of the collective. Yeah. Now, when you say God, what, what do you mean? <sighs> that's interesting. Um, so here's another experience I had. So at the very beginning, I was right around that angel hug. So right now I'm like clairaudient, but there's different views on that. Uh, sometimes people say they're clairaudient and they're just hearing telepathically. 
then you know true clear audience is actually like hearing it in your ear like you're talking to me so i've had both uh and one day i was in my bedroom uh, they always get me naked or i don't know why but <laughs> swear to God. they want a spoon nothing not to a hide. pretty sight there's nothing to hide so right? i'm naked getting in the shower they, that's why I think I've had so many wild experiences because they want me to share these wild stories because it's entertaining <laughs> to the listener. Maybe <laughs> uh, I seriously because my like my journey's been like off the wall, crazy, like fun. Uh, so they definitely the angels and stuff, and my soul have a sense of humor. So all of a sudden, I heard this man's voice, like authoritative, really firm voice in my ear, like you're talking to me. And it goes, it lowers his voice. Go to church. It was like a man's low, and I'm like, I jumped. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I'm like. What? And I'm looking around like, okay. And then it yelled at me again louder. And it goes, go to church now. God's waiting. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to church. <laughs> you get a message like that, you're... You got to go. Yeah. You're responding. So I jumped in the shower. I went to the church. I go in the church. It, was, it wasn't a mass. It was just like, you know, probably noon on a weekday. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm here. What's up? I heard nothing. But my version of God is, um, it's everything. I mean, I was shown in meditation what God was. And I was shown... And I flunked uh, biology guys. We took a get a D. I know nothing about planets and all this stuff. And I was in a workshop for like eight hours meditating. And I had this legal pad and I was drawing pictures and writing words, but I was meditating and my eyes were closed. Next thing you know, I drew like the Milky Way and then a nucleus. I never knew there was a nucleus in the Milky Way. I still don't know. And then I drew an atom. And they showed me that this little red atom was God. So that's like source energy. You know, everyone gives it a different name. But then they showed me like a bunch of like legs coming off of it, like, you know, like spider's legs showing us that we're all an aspect of God. So I kind of feel like, yes, there is a higher power, but I also kind of feel we are too. You know, we're an expression of God. So if, and if, when you believe in oneness and one is everything, we're all a piece of it. I was reading earlier this morning, I'm reading uh, The Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila. And she said, you should love your neighbor because you can know that you love your neighbor but you can't know that you're really loving God and that the only way we can love our neighbor is because the root of that love is in God. And she explained it like a tree, right? It's very similar. What you're saying is that the roots are in this deep place and we're like this branch way over here, just trying to like love the branch next to us, yeah. you know, and that's, well, I just think like, you know, again, think of it just common. I mean, Yes, I saw this atom. There definitely, I feel, is a source energy. Again, until I'm dead, how do I, but I'm just going by what I was shown. Mm -hmm. I was shown an atom, meaning source energy, God. But then we're all an aspect of that or an expression of God. Well, Adam, right? That's what's funny. Adam and is, Eve. Isn't Adam. That, isn't that funny? <laughs> so, but think about it. I mean, yeah. like, you know, if you're me and I'm you, like in oneness, we're all connected. So it's just kind of, we're all just players, you know? <laughs> yeah. Until we go home. And we've chosen these roles. Apparently. Crazy, huh? Yeah. The people be like, well, right? wait a minute. I'm a homeless guy and I've been homeless my whole life. Why did I choose this? Maybe you need to learn from something like, you know, from that. Yeah, I think the most difficult lessons we'll ever have are through the people who are closest to us. Oh, they're your best teachers. <laughs> Jesus. Your spouses and your kids. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely... They're your best teachers. <laughs> <laughs> and it isn't the fun part. Patience the, is a virtue. The right? parts. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely will teach you that virtue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I definitely believe there's like a soul family or a soul tribe. You know, who knows? Maybe we are. Maybe that's why we're all sitting here. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you know, maybe this was all agreed upon and, you know, we're all at the same vibration or we're all helping each other and trying to help others. And I just think that, you know, definitely synchronistically we have agreements. I, I think there is a destiny that we do have a destiny to meet certain people and even if it's just for like 10 minutes and you meet them in a restaurant, but you know, some relationships I think are meant to be forever or you're meant to be a spouse or the kid or, you know, um, it just, there's no way it can't you know, like, have you ever like met somebody and you're like, Oh my God, I got to talk to you. That happens to me, me all the time. Now I see people and like they glow to me. I'm like, okay, I got to talk to you. I don't know why. So when you get that feeling, go talk to them. We, we always believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Right. And you know, when you were talking earlier about usually the people that you come across who are naysayers, they have really firm religious beliefs. Um, I've I've encountered that too. It's hard. But I've also encountered people who were brought up very religious and they are rebelling against that. Like they, yeah. you know, and those people have the same kinds of beliefs as well, that there isn't anything afterwards. 
But the conversations I have with them is if it's either everything happens for a reason or nothing happens for any reason. And I would rather believe that everything happens for a reason. Otherwise, all the suffering and pain and things that we go through would be just random and for nothing. And and that's just really depressing. Well, I think too is, I think when you get on the spiritual journey and spiritual path, you learn to roll with these hard times. Like, you know, if life's an illusion, you know, I, I, I truly believe and from my own experience that our thoughts can really create our depression, our sadness, our worries and all that. So I think that a big part of this is mastering the mind or the brain and having that self-awareness. Like when a negative thought's coming in your head, you know, I'm always like, catch that guy right when it's coming in and change it. Yeah. You know, you have to, I mean, cause our minds or our brains can really screw us up. Yeah. I there's, mean, I, there's that idea of, um, lower level thought and then higher you know, level affirmations, thought. people mm-hmm. do affirmations and stuff. You know, it really, so in, I'm here in the rabbit hole. So so many people, you go down this rabbit hole and then you're going to find your way out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it really does come down to just back into like, you know, the flow, synchronicity, uh, the now moment, whatever word you want to give it, let the world, like I seriously, like my journey was so fast and I was doing readings right away. I'm like, how'd that happen? So many people tried to like get, build a business. I didn't, it just comes. So that's when I know I must be in alignment, soul alignment and doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's my passion as you guys are. And to me too, like some people get disappointed. This didn't work out. Well, guess what? Maybe there's something better coming. You know, it's get up control and just let life come to you. If there is one thing you could say to the people listening to this right now, and we're going to assume that whoever is listening to this is listening to it because the you're supposed to be listening to yeah. it. Do you have a message? Don't be afraid. And I just feel like be you, be afraid. I think that, I mean, don't be afraid. I think that so many people are conformed and forced into this box. You know, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be you and express how you want to express. And like, and it's really huge to know that we're not alone, you know, we all feel lonely. You know, we all have times of despair or crying. Talk to your loved ones, you know, look for those signs. And I'm a hundred percent believer in, like I said, I work with the archangels, invite them in. I'm not special. They're there for everybody. Say, Hey, I invite Archangel Michael and I invite my dead grandma in. ask the spirit world or whatever you believe in to help you. And just know that you're going to be okay. You know, and when we go through those hard times or depressed times or bad times it's gonna pass so don't give up on life it's gonna pass maybe it is there for a reason you know because mm-hmm. I mean if I didn't go to that place I wouldn't be doing this if I would have quit you know so don't quit just ride through it as easily as you can so if you would like to hear more about Sherry and her connection to spirit world we are going to be hosting a workshop at the Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center in Arlington Heights Illinois on May 13th at 7 p.m. And you can reach us at contact at couplesynergy.com for more information. And if someone wanted to contact you directly, Sherry, do you have a, a way for them to do that? Yeah. So my website's very simple, sherrythemedium.com. <laughs> and all go. my events are there, like, you know, the reading information. All can that you stuff spell there. Sherry? S-H-E-R-I. Well, Sherry, we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This has been... Um, pretty raw and revealing for me but uh it's been (laughs) sorry about that it's okay (laughs) hey you guys he cried too (laughs) he had tears he didn't show you guys can't see that (laughs) we all cried right (laughs) and we hope that by listening to this episode it was not only beneficial for your life but also your relationships i want to thank you all out there for listening to couple synergy our passion is in helping couples have happy and healthy relationships and This podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And if you contact us at couplesynergy.com at contact. If you email us at contact at couplesynergy.com, We can also give you a little promo code if you're going to do some work with Sherry. 
For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.